Welcome to Mudflap and Palmer Were Forced to Do a Podcast, a weekly bonus bit of the Mudflap and Palmer Show, starring Mudflap and Palmer. Reach out to us on Facebook or email mudflapandpalmer at gmail.com. Now, against their will and most people's wishes, here are Mudflap and Palmer. And well, here we are. Welcome to episode one of Mudflap and Palmer. We're forced to do a podcast. I am Palmer. I am Mudflap. And the the title is absolutely 100% true. This is how this went. We had the powers that be, the owners, they came down to Florence. They're up north. And they own this radio station. They're great people. Jim and Bruce, we love them. Yep. And they came down and they said, hey, we're, you know, doing this whole thing where, you know, people in the company are doing podcasts. And then they looked right at us and they said... So it's voluntary. And then I swear they winked. <laughs> I swear they did. And we said, okay, well, you know, y'all have at it. And then a couple of months later, they said, oh, by the way, there's a Zoom call. And so where is it? Uh, and where have you have you gotten your podcast done yet? And I'm like, yeah. what happened to voluntary? And then, <laughs> and then we got it reiterated to us about a week or so ago. I was like, you know, we should probably, you know, think about doing this voluntary podcast. And so here it did, is. But in our passive-aggressive way of fighting back against the man, we called it Mudflat and Palmer were forced to do a podcast. And they love the title. Yeah. Go figure. I know. They love the title. Go figure. Uh, and again, what this is going to be is every Friday we're going to post store this coming up. soon. He wants that merch store. I do. He wants that merch store. Um, and look, I'm not against you know turning a couple bucks at this. Get some Should t-shirts, a, yeah. some hats. So here's what's going to happen. We're, what we're going to do as far as right now, before the merch store opens, the brick and mortar. It needs to. <laughs> what we're going to do is actually put this up on our social media, let you guys know where you can get it. But it's going to be available wherever po- podcasts are, are gotten. Um, so if you get it uh, at Apple or iTunes or whatever, it's going to be in all those places. But we'll also put links up as well so it's easily gotten. And every Friday we will do a new podcast. And it could be about anything. This is where we don't feel restricted by playing music because we can just talk. And uh, if there's topics or anything that has actually occurred to us to talk about, we'll just do it. And we don't have to worry about time or whatever. Uh, Which is everything that we've been taught in radio. Right. When you get into radio, you're supposed to keep your break short. You're supposed to get to the point. You're not supposed to ramble. All of which we both do very well, except we can't really do it on the radio so much. Right. But here we can, which I'm hoping doesn't translate to bad habits on the radio. Well, we'll find out. It might. And for our first time out, what we're going to talk about is basically stuff within the country music community that actually caught our attention this week and there was a lot uh we had the acms we'll touch on that a little bit later on brothers osborne we need to address uh, their issues lately because they do have issues and they're legitimate but they're also 100 percent wrong so we'll talk about that a little bit later on as well first off uh hank jr for a lot of you folks that are hank jr fans he announced his 2022 tour uh, and unfortunately, uh, as we like to call it, he's doing the Willie Nelson tour, which is to avoid Florence at all costs. Uh, it starts April 1st. To be in- fair, he's been around here before. Hank or Willie? Hank. And Willie, too, because we, there's actually pictures of us on Facebook introducing Willie Nelson. Yeah. You like to forget that. I don't forget that. But, you know, it happened. I don't forget that. I, I What I remember is these several cancellations after that. And maybe that's our fault. I don't know. I feel like it's yours. <laughs> Blame me. I'm good with that. <laughs> Hank Williams Jr.'s tour is uh, starting April 1st in Mississippi. Not coming anywhere around here yet. However, they're probably going to add some dates to this. 
The closest that he's coming that we can see is a date in Salem, Virginia, July 29th. Other than that, everything's a little more distant. Now, we've seen Hank, uh, when he shows up, when he is uh, sober, we <laughs> he puts on a really good show. He does. He, that's, that, a, that's a fun watch. He surrounds himself with a great band, and, of course, he's got all that catalog, all those great songs. So uh, Hank Jr. is a great uh, concert if you get him on a good night. Uh, right now, we're not getting him on any night. I just got a text from Hank. Did you? And he said, mind your own business. <laughs> That's exactly what he said. No trouble from you. Go sit uh, down. I tell him, look, look, I, I was born to boogie, but he don't he, he don't care. <laughs> he don't care at all. All right. So anyway, Hank Jr. going on tour. As that progresses and as more dates are added, we will, of course, let you know. Um, on top of that, of course, lots of live country music coming uh, this year. Uh, a lot of tours are opening up as a lot of places and venues are opening up. Finally. Yeah. It's been over two years. The pandemic, we're, we're all over it. Uh, and people are at this point just saying, look, you know what? I'm done. Even even the folks that are mask fans, liberal-leaning people who were more stringent about masks, even they are going, I'm done with this. I am done with this. And we saw the ACMs. There were thousands of people in I'm there. I'm a little upset because I can't wear my Star Wars mask anymore. Oh, nobody's stopping you. I, I'm stopping myself. I went to Harris Teeter. What's it called? The Teets. The, no. See, it's the new you one. You can't keep moving the goalposts on me. You I changed can't. it oh. to the Teeter. Yeah. And, 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 I try, and I finally start catching that wave. I finally start get on board with that. And then you change it again. You can't but do that. But this time around, it's a little different. When you say the Teets, you have to put your pinky up because it's a little bit more classier than the Teeter. Harris Teeter. <laughs> anyway, they've had a longstanding uh, policy, and you and I both shop there, uh, of all their employees being masked. And even now, what? And this happened when the State of the Union happened, and, and Joe Biden said, basically, we're done with the masks. Right. Uh, now, there are some people it's, you know, that are still doing it, some places still mandating. I went and to that's the, fine. You do you. I went to uh, the eye doctor two days ago, and they're still fully masked within that building. So some people do it, some people don't, but it's freeing up. That means live music and live events are coming back, which is great news. You know, Merritt Morris is on tour. Yeah, we've missed these so much. Sam Hunt, we gave yep. away tickets all week long for uh, Sam Hunt live in Charleston in September, and more of that is going to be coming our way. So, Of course, Keith Urban's in LA uh, in uh, Las Vegas doing his residency. And they just announced the full roster of dates and acts for the CCMF over in Myrtle Beach. That's going to be a big show. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of great names over there. So uh, there's lots of live country music for you guys to uh, enjoy this year. If you watch the ACMs, now granted a lot of you may not have because it was on Amazon Prime and not on broadcast television, but love, if you watch the ACMs. Love, love that it was on Amazon Prime. And we'll get to that because I want to touch base. Uh, again, you and I have talked off the air uh, about how they improved the, the product. Yes, so much. Um, but the ACM Awards was uh, earlier this week. And if you like live music, this was a great chance to catch live music because the way that they did it, they did it at the Allegiant Stadium in, in Vegas on Amazon Prime. And... For the first time, I felt they captured live music as well as it can be captured. Yeah, that was the first thing you said to me um, the next day, that the, the, the quality of the music was almost like you were at a concert and not really watching a television event. Right. We, we've talked about this in the past, how for many years, all the awards shows used to have just terrible audio. 
Very much so. Terrible audio. Um, and then they went in the other direction. It was almost like it was on a CD. This was as if you were at a really good concert and you had good quality at the venue, and that's what came across on Amazon Prime. Uh, some great acts. Thomas Rhett and Breeland were on there. They did Praise the Lord. Fantastic. Kelly Clarkson knocked out of the park with I Will Always Love You. Uh, there were other great, great acts. A lot of live music. Jimmy Allen. There. Jimmy Allen was fantastic. He yeah, he, one. he knocked it out of the park by hosting mm-hmm. and by singing. I mean, cannot say enough about Jimmy Allen. His so star, impressed by him. His star rose that night. Mm-hmm. Oh, he, I agree. He basically took the reins and said, I am no longer this kind of fringe act. I am this guy. Yep. And he basically went up several levels. Agreed. Within country music. Uh, and we'll talk more about him uh, in just a little bit. Uh, but speaking of the ACMs, and I, we had somebody mention this to us on Facebook, asked the question, why did radio, why did country radio uh, pull their latest single? Let's address that because Brothers Osborne doubled down on this at the awards show. So not only is this an... And after the event. Right. Not only is this a, a story within the industry, but it is a story for the general public now as well. It's gotten out. It's in the wild. And there's some misinformation about this that we need to address. And we're very well suited to do this since we're in country radio. Brothers Osborne came out and they said, oh, country radio pulled our single, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we deserve to be here. We obviously have proven our worth. We won an award for duo of the year at the ACMs. We're performing all night long. Uh, so obviously there's some bias there or something, and we'll find some other ways to get our music out to you. Here's the truth of the matter. Country artists, big stars, up-and-comers, wannabes, mid-range stars, all the time put out singles that don't make it. Yeah. You know, the number of songs that make it on the country radio, make it on the charts, uh, it's about 100 a year. Matter of fact, at our old station, we used to do the top 92, and by the time you got down to the 80s, you're really scrambling you're for like, songs. who is that? So over the course of a calendar year, you probably get 75 songs. Out of everything that we get that comes across our desk, you probably get about 75 songs that, that actually get that exposure. Brothers Osborne hasn't had a, a hit a top five hit since 2015. That's seven years ago. Which is stunning to me. Yeah, they had a uh, another hit that hit the top 15 about four years ago, and that's it for them. Yeah. Nothing... So it's not like they're superstars. And the follow-up uh, when they blame it on us, it, it's, it's not us. Right. We don't make those decisions. Their record label makes those decisions. And let's let's talk about why the record label made that decision. And we, we've... Because we do the countdown on the weekends. We follow right. the charts. Yes. We, we're probably better attuned to them than most people are. And you see, and we've made comments about this in the past. Uh, for example, in this weekend's countdown, Tim McGraw's 7500 OBO debuts in the countdown. We played that on Pick It or Stick It like eight months ago. Um, it had to be. It, had it was to- in the fall. Yeah, I want to say it was October or November. Yeah, and it's just now making the top 20. Now, Tim McGraw gets a little bit of consideration because Tim McGraw is Tim McGraw. And he just had a hit TV show. Exactly. So they're going to give him that rope to either hang himself or swing from, whichever. The Brothers Osborne, who have zero track record, so hit or miss that it's more miss than hit. Not to take away from them as artists. They're good artists. Okay? But here's the thing. The song was released almost a year ago. 
What was it? 43 weeks. It was on the charts for 43 weeks, but yeah. before it even hit the charts, it was out for several weeks. Right. So 43 weeks on the charts, and it finally made it all the way up to number 33. At which point the record label, and again, a little behind the scenes here, a little inside baseball as they call it, uh, they pour money, man hours, all this stuff into promoting every single that that record label puts out. Right. For all the artists. So after 43 weeks and the song doesn't even break the top 30, the record label decided we're just going to, you know, maybe go in another direction. Maybe your guys' next single will be better. Maybe we'll concentrate on another artist until you do put out another single. And they lost their minds. Brothers Osborne lost their minds and blamed country radio, which made no sense because we don't have any say in that. Yeah, we have no power. None. When it comes to that. And especially when you get into the bigger corporations. Now, we right. here at Community Broadcast, small company. Sure, we have a little bit more leadway, mm -hmm. but when you have like bigger companies, they have one playlist and you have to basically follow it and you can't break it. Yeah, Cumulus or iHeart, the big companies, yes. they'll basically say- They have a here, national format. Here are the 20 songs you're going to play in, in rotation and every the, one of yeah. you, 200 stations that we have across the country are playing the same exact thing. Exactly. We have a little more leeway. But that being said, uh, we never played the Brothers Osborne song because it wasn't a hit. We even put it on Picket or Stick It. Exactly. Yeah. And I can't even remember how long. That had to be about a year ago. Every bit of it. And when you think it. about it. Yeah. So, and the problem that I that I have with this, and I'm guessing you do as well, one of the many problems I have with this, is that they put the blame on us, and it's not fair. On top of that. Because the general public doesn't know how it works. Right. And so they're just going to so take the a, artists at their word. Yeah. It's a very convenient lie. Yes. On top of that, and this is the part that really irks me, is Brothers Osborne have been around the industry for about 10 years. They know how it works. They know why the record was pulled. And they know country radio wasn't responsible. No. They know it's their label. Yeah, it's 100%. They and they're not going to complain. They're not guessing. They're, they're not going to complain about their label because the label's going to go, oh, okay, well, yeah, time for you to go. Exactly, because it's not exactly like they've made themselves, you know, super valued. Yeah, they'll, they'll fire them from the label. Right. So the fact that, you know, your record got pulled, we feel for you. It happens to artists up and down all mm -hmm. the time. But you know what? Move on. I don't know why you're deciding to cast a, a shadow over the country radio uh, industry. We have enough problems in country radio. We don't need you lying about us. No. To the general public so that people like uh, that person who messaged us on Facebook said, why y'all pulling it? It's like, like we, first really? of all, never played it. Exactly. It was never a hit. And exactly. on most radio stations, the theme is, you play the hits. You don't make the hits. You play the hits. So Brothers Osborne has a legitimate issue, but it's not with us. Right. It is with their record label and with just the way the business works. The record label got tired of flushing money down the toilet on that particular single. And can't so blame them. Yes. And so they're moving on. you got to put your resources where they are best used. So Brothers Osborne, okay, look, I get it. You're a little salty about it, but it ain't us. No. Ain't us. Put out a good record hey. that we can play and we'll play it. It's not me. It's you. <laughs> <laughs> and that brings us to the next thing. And it, again, involves a, as a kind of a handing off the baton as far as topics. Uh, the Brothers Osborne. The ACMs were the other night. And if you watched it, I did watch it. I watched uh, almost the entire thing. For a artist, for an artist that is as marginal as they are, they got an inordinate amount of 
of screen time. A lot of time they had. Now, and they had prime positions. No pun intended. Right. All right. Now, it was on Amazon Prime. <laughs> Before I get to the Brothers Osborne and the handoff, let's talk about why you liked Amazon Prime so much for this. No commercials. None. Absolutely no commercials. This didn't feel like they were pulling teeth. Mm-hmm. And here's two songs. Here's yet another award. Here's another song. Here's 19 commercials. Yeah. It's, um, this was very streamlined, and I loved every second of you it. You know what part of the streamline is? First of all, when you looked at the broadcast version of the awards, um, it was about three, three and a half hours. It was unwieldy for everybody, the people that were there, the people that watched. It was just too much. Mm-hmm. And this year, the Academy of Country Music took the controversial position of, you know what, we're going to make a deal with Amazon Prime. We're going to broadcast on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime, of course, is associated with Amazon.com. Yep. And if you have a membership, you have Amazon Prime. And they even offered up for people that wanted to watch the awards. They said, look, we have a 30-day free trial, so you can sign up for it today. You can watch the awards. You won't miss it. And they're pushing this stuff big time because they had this award show. The NFL mm-hmm. is going to be exclusively on Thursday nights on Amazon Prime coming up. And then they have that massive Lord of the Rings series that it's coming. That Which I'm looking for. That to. I cannot wait to see. Yeah, you were telling me just a little while ago, you said that you're re-watching the movies as you're priming yourself. I am. No pun intended. Well, for the way I figure the series. it, by the time I finish watching the movies, the series will be already, it will already oh, be, be able fall. to binge it? Well, yeah, it will be fall by then. I mean, the first Lord of the Rings, not the extended cut, is three hours. Wow. Yeah. And I didn't realize that as I sat down last night and I went, yeah, I made the mistake of taking oh. my girls to go see that and went, oh, this was this was not the right movie to take them. Yeah. They the, were fidgeting at 20 minutes. The extended thing is like close to four hours. <laughs> so don't complain about Batman and how long it is. So this gives you an idea of, and, and you know, I mean, if you watch something, if it's long, you start feeling the length. You, you almost, you're tired. Yeah, and Amazon Prime gave us a different way to watch this. And in my mind... And the more I thought about that this week, you had said early on that you were a big fan of that for this reason. The more I thought about it, the more I, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. They streamlined this. Usually three, three and a half hours. It was two hours cut and dry. Here's the other thing that I just realized as we were talking about this. The reason it's so streamlined is because when you watch the broadcast versions that were three, three and a half hours, yeah, the commercials added to that time. But what else was very, very clunky was the leaving to go to commercials and the coming back. A lot of times you see artists didn't know which camera to go to, right. which this, teleprompter to read. This was so streamlined, and where yes. they had it, I think, made a difference. Because like when they had it in their, your typical setting for an award show, you have one, maybe two stages. And here, you're literally sitting inside where the Raiders play. And so you have all this room. You could have multiple stages. And so this way you can have one artist after another, after another, and then, you know, make your switches and nobody's ever seeing that. I saw some people online, Rolling Stone Magazine, I think, did an article on the after a math of the ACMs and they did not like, and a bunch of people didn't like the fact that- Well, you said Rolling Stone Magazine. Yeah, I know. They're the absolute worst when it comes to any type of an opinion. But whoever's writing for them is smoking crack. (laughs) They uh, they and others have said, oh, it just seemed like a big empty room, whatever. I thought it looked fantastic. Yeah. I thought it was They did fantastic. a good job. The audio was great. I thought the venue was fantastic. And Amazon Prime did a fantastic job at making this two-hour. They got all the awards in. There was no worried about time. They, they said, we're going to go from 8 to 10. And they went exactly 8 to 10. Nailed it. And it was the best award show I've seen in a very, very long time. I agree. Because a lot of the garbage was cut out. Yep. Um, 
So, and you got a lot of live music in there as well, seemingly more than you would ordinarily get in a regular Yeah, at some points you felt like it was like three or four artists in a row, and you were like, wow, we're like at a concert. So going back to the Brothers Osborne, who, again, I won duo of the year in in something that was inexplicable to me because Dan and Shay had the far better year. Um, you and I had a better year than the brother Osborne. Right. Did. They they were just a duo that happened to be around. We weren't nominated. Exactly. Um, Again. But so they won the award for duo of the year, which, okay, whatever it is. But then they had at least three songs during this two hour broadcast, including the close, including the close with Britney Spencer over the uh, closing credits. Uh, they got the most stage time. Thomas Wright had two songs. Yeah, they had three. Makes no sense. No, Thomas Rhett's a superstar. Mm-hmm. Okay? Jason Aldean had one song. With Carrie. Superstar. With Carrie. One song. But the Brothers Osborne, for whatever reason, and again, I don't hate on them, but I don't understand it, the decision was to spotlight them. And this- uh, which, which is the reason why I think they're bitter about the whole thing, because typically- That after, adds to it. Well, typically as award shows come, and by the time it ends- Hopefully, the the goal of an award show is go, ooh, who are these guys? Let right. me go find their music. Right. So they were thinking they were going to get this push at the end of the award show, which obviously is not going to happen. Right. They, we also, and you see that like the day after any of these award shows, mm-hmm. oh, so-and-so got a thousand percent buzz. It's like bump. if you look at the Super Bowl. Right. You know, Snoop Dogg, Dre, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, uh, Mary J. Blige. They, they all got big bumps in their music. Huge, huge as and, far as sales. And that usually happens when you're on an award show. Right. So- would if their record label had waited, say another week or two, and lot and and let's face it, they waited most of a year. But <laughs> would the exposure on the award show have given that single the boost it needed to finally get some rocket fuel? Right. Who knows? And that may have been why they were better. But uh, the thing about that is, and I started wondering about it. And if you look at everything throughout the entire show, there is a certain, and, and we've talked about this in the past. Uh, that artists like Casey Musgraves and Chris Stapleton, even though they weren't in the public consciousness, How were getting Chris a Stapleton ma- one I, is beyond me. They were getting a massive push from Nashville, and we didn't understand it because the fans weren't asking for it. Right when they put out music at the time, now, you, had, you had his hardcore bass right. going. Yeah, yeah, we need more of that, and everybody else is going. Who is this? Right, exactly. Casey Musgraves is probably Chris Stapleton since he actually did end up making it. Is, is not as good an example as Casey well, Musgraves. She is now because she's on the cover of Time. Well, again, you talk about this. She is a star, but not in the country format. Right. She hasn't had, she had one country hit, Merry-Go-Round, back about seven, eight years ago. And since then, everything she's put to country music, to country radio has failed. Although for me, though, you know, if my goal in life is to be a star, I don't care if it's in, in one particular genre or whatever. So, I mean, so kind of goal accomplished for her. But when you go back and find out that the marching orders from Music Row from oh, Nashville were, yeah. here's Casey, you should play her, everybody loves her. Right. Here's Casey, you know, whatever, whatever. And now what you're starting to get is, uh, being that it's 2022, you're starting to see, uh, for example, maybe there is a woke aspect to society, which is trickling down into Nashville. Now, again, I say this uh, with trying to very, very carefully choose my words, because everybody that I'm talking about here, incredibly talented. Incredibly talented. We're going to talk about Mickey and Guyton. deserving to be there. Yes, talk about Mickey Guyton. Talk about uh, Brittany Spencer, who I honestly did not know who she was until we saw her on the uh, ACM Awards. Uh, we'll even talk about Brothers Osborne. That there are because society has got this woke angle going on right now, and I think it's trickling down in some way to Music Row. 
Music Row Nashville has always been a good old boy, white old boy yeah. network. Over the course, anything. I mean, hockey had more black people yes. than, than, than Nashville did. Just to get females relevant. You know, people like, you know, Shania Twain and Faith Hill kind of started it. They were always the exceptions. Yeah, they were the exceptions. And, and you know, of course, Reba and Dolly. Uh, but really, you couldn't name a whole lot of women in country music for a very long time because there just wasn't any. If you had a pie chart, and we deal with this as we schedule music and, and, and play stuff, if you had a pie chart for the last 50 years of country music, and you say, okay, what percentage of mm. people that play country music, you know, performers, what percentage are, are men and what percentage are women? It would be like... 97 70, to 3. It would, yeah, it was ridiculous. You know, you had these standout women, and then... 40 guys. Right. And it was not fair. It's not fair. And they would always, you know, the, the powers that be in Nashville would always go, or, or in country radio, to be perfectly honest, uh, would say, well, you know, men want to hear men and women want to hear men. And that's what they would tell you. And that's why you should play yeah. less women. They that's, would have a marching order. Don't play two women back to back. Yeah, they couldn't be more wrong. Oh, my God. That Absolutely. Was, that, that's, that was a big rule for a and long time. And if you look back you go how many talented women do we leave by the roadside oh a ton that could not break through because of these fake barriers or they would get fringe and then follow fall away so let's expand that to now 2022 and again more let's talk about african-americans more african-americans in the national hockey league than there are in nashville darius came with a resume right he was already a star he was established right but if you go back and i've been in country music for over 30 years if you go back, the number of black country artists, I can tell you, uh, there was, and I can't remember his name, Cleve Francis. He came out in the early 90s. He was a, a surgeon, but also a musician. Tried a couple singles, never heard from him again. He did actually have some songs that sort of made the radio, right. but that was about it. Before him, it was Charlie Pride. Right. And Charlie Pride's a And Hall everybody knows who Charlie right, Pride is. Because he was the one. Mm -hmm. He was the one guy. So, and then you had Cleve Francis and you had Cowboy Troy. Yes, when, when big and rich, and you know he was just part of that ensemble, um, and then Darius and he wasn't came. really featured, right? And then Darius came, and I may be forgetting one or two, but it, they were so rare. Darius came in; he was the perfect guy to kick down that door because he was a multi-platinum star, and everybody knew him. Yes, Hootie and the Blowfish were massive in the nineties. So when he decided to come over to the country field. And uh, he also didn't come across as a carpetbagger because he was Southern from South Carolina. He also had talked about how he had grown up with country music as much as he had with hip hop and rock and roll. So he was a perfect ambassador for African-Americans to come into country music. And when he came in, everybody loved him because let's face it, rock and roll is mostly a white man's game as well as country music. And rock and roll accepted Darius Rucker as part of Hootie and the Blowfish, accepted him, thumb, elevated him. Right. So it was very, very, it was a perfect storm for Darius. And, and if this was his plan, it was brilliant to, to kick down the door for, for African-Americans in, in country music. If that was his, if that was a goal. Because now you have people like Kane Brown, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy Allen, Allen, who is and, who may be the biggest star that's waiting to happen right now. He's going to bust out in the next five years. I'll tell you what, this conversation is going to seem silly. Yeah, very silly. Because he is going to prove that he is the star that he is. No doubt. Uh, Kane Brown, obviously, is, uh, is a star, is a star, if not a superstar right now in the format. I would agree he is. Um, so we're hearing a lot about that, and these guys have come in. Now they have hits. We're hearing a lot about Mickey Guyton, for example. 
Uh, Mickey Guyton's been around for over 10 years. She's been putting out singles and just could not break, could not break. Uh, also, Brittany Spencer now is part of it. And there's a couple other African-American women that are trying to break in. Mm-hmm. The question is, is there still sort of this informal, surreptitious barrier against playing them? Because Mickey Guyton is now, there's a lot of people, and she's not saying it, but a lot of people around her and a lot of people in public are saying She's not getting played because she's black. Mm -hmm. And my argument there is, and we've seen it because where did she do the national anthem? Where was she? Where did she perform the national anthem? Well, at the Super Bowl. At the Super Bowl, right? We saw her and her amazing talent. I mean, that ranked up there with close to Whitney and Gladys Knight. I mean, just amazing, Mm -hmm. amazing rendition of the national anthem. Stunning. She has the pipes. She's got the talent. She My, has the personality. Yes, she hosted and she Ellen. Has, let's let's be superficial. She has the looks. She's very attractive. Oh, she's gorgeous. She's very attractive, and and you know, up till just recently, that's been a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what is it that's missing from Mickey Guyton that that stops her from being a, not even a star, but not even getting any traction? She just needs a hit song. That's the thing. That's and, what she and needs. It's and, and this is the thing that you want to kind of get out is like nobody's holding her back. What's holding her back is her music for whatever reason, despite her talent, does not appeal to the average country listener yet. Now, I'm not saying she can't do it because she absolutely can. Yeah, I think she can. But what that missing piece is, is she needs a hit single. She needs some of the best writers in Nashville to get her a song that competes with all the other songs that you hear on the radio right now that get that airplay Yep, and breaks her through. Because once she breaks through, it's game on. she's here. Yeah, I can guarantee you she ain't going nowhere. Oh, absolutely not. She's got not. that talent, that aura about her. She's that talented. We're hearing more about Britney Spencer, and yeah, it's, it's she's almost got that Chris Stapleton vibe, and I'll tell you why because you're hearing about her as a critic's darling before anything really kind of manifests itself mm-hmm. for radio to play. I think she's going to surprise a lot of people. It's interesting because she has a couple things that, and I'm going to go back to like the '80s. Uh, and this is not my opinion. I'm going to say this as devil's advocate. She has a couple things against her. She's black. She's female. She is not a size one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, neither she, was Winona. Right. Right. But she was when she started out. That's the thing. Right. Um, and again, if you go back to the 80s and the way people thought about this, these were strikes against her. Even in the early 2000s, what happened to the woman, the third member of Sugarland? Uh... Remember her? She should she should have stayed and Jennifer Nettles should have left. <laughs> yeah, you got your own issues with that. Yeah. But she was a bigger woman. She wasn't necessarily the most attractive woman. Jennifer Nettles had that prototypical blonde curly hair and everything else. Uh and she fake was, southern accent. There are stop. I can't. Take those you, issues. You brought Put, it up. I, I know. If this I, is your fault. I, I should have known. He's got issues with Sugarland, specifically Jennifer Nettles. Oh. But they basically and and, and the story was always <laughs> That the girl went off to do her own thing. No, what the girl did was did not look like your prototypical and they got rid of country her. doll. And yeah. they said, you know what? We're not gonna, you're gonna hold us back. So two against one. See ya. Bye And there was a settlement about yeah, that. So that was. tells you there was something weird going on there. Yeah. You know? When, she when made, band members leave, typically right. there's not a settlement. She made that trio what it is. She was the one, you know, Jennifer Nettles was the pretty girl with the voice and uh, uh Chris Bush, he was the guy on the guitar. And then there was this other woman whose name I wish I could remember. You know why we can't remember her? Because not only was she big, not only was she not necessarily, you know, 
cover girl quality, but she was also a lesbian. And we're going back to like what people were thinking 20 years ago and how that played against her. Today, it's less of an issue. Hopefully, it will not be an issue at all. Mm -hmm. You want the talent to out. You want the people who can get the job done, put out stuff people love to perform. You want them to get that recognition. I don't care if you're gay or straight. I don't care if you're black or white. You know, none of that stuff really matters Kristen if you Hall. can deliver. Oh, did I get his name wrong? I said Christian Bush. I said oh, Kristen her name was Hall. Yes. Kristen Hall. Thank you for looking that up. You're welcome. I'm here. Because I felt bad doing this story and then not having her name in front of Way me. Way to felt go. Bad about- Way to go, man. Really? Yeah. I'm on her side, man. You're part of the problem. I am on her side. <laughs> so bottom line is, is is there barriers? I think they're coming down. I think they're probably- They are and they need to They're come down. never written down. They're not something that- It is the prototypical old boy network. Oh, 100%. And while they can say to your face, oh, absolutely, we'll give you a shot, Miss Young Black Woman, and maybe in the back of their mind, they're going, not a chance. And that's the problem with country music right Absolutely. Now. It's- well, it's a problem with rock and roll. It's a problem with a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, that and I'm always the big, more we bring to the party, the bigger country music gets. And and yes, and, and you've said that before. Is the thing is, if you're excluding a member, uh, a portion of the population, just because you're basically you can't. How are you winning? You're not winning because you're basically giving something that could bring you business and value and art, and you're just saying I'm not even going to consider that. How does that? How is that a winning formula? It's not. And you're exactly right to, to, to sum it up, to bring more people to the table. Let the cream rise to the crop Yep. based on their strengths, on their personality, on their talents. Mm-hmm. And let those if, – if, if we have 75% gay black women. I don't care. But they're delivering the best country music. I say do it. Bring it. Bring it on. Country music wins. I'm totally fine with that. So the bottom line is, did we see a lot of them on the ACNs because this is sort of almost like a semi-force well, move? I, I feel like hopefully – it's showing the shift in Nashville. I'm, I'm torn on that because I feel I go back to the Casey Musgraves thing and the Chris Stapleton. And I think, okay, maybe this plays against them because people feel like they're being force fit this. But at the same time, it gets them that exposure that they wouldn't ordinarily that have. they desperately need. Right. So your mileage may vary, but there are two sides to that argument. The bottom line is when the good art makes its way to the spotlight, we all win everybody listeners performers even the record labels yep they all win want to touch on one more thing before we wrap up this is a podcast and again i uh want to say this from the bottom of my heart hell 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 what what is wrong with you i can't say it on the radio and this is a podcast and we can say and this is what we were told what are you two you're you're like the two-year-old who went out onto the playground hell and said hey hey i dare you to say this word I just did. And there you go. I just did. I can say worse. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Here's the thing, and, and, and I'm going to give you total disclosure, okay? We've already cut this podcast once, mm-hmm. and there were some technical issues with it, so we're cutting it again. And we've just hit on all the cylinders, all the things, the elements that we had talked about in the first podcast. Correct. But the one thing we didn't, and this is the thing that we had opened up the original podcast with, is our freedom to say whatever we want to within the the framework of the podcast. We can't really do that on the radio. No, we we're, cannot. We're very family friendly on the radio. There's a whole FCC thing and everything. Well, else. on top of that, it, it, it's it, and then we'll get it, it, and then it, there's an HR meeting. Forget that. It grates against who you and I are. Yes. Because in our personal lives, yes, we'll get a little dark humored. We'll get a little raunchy. Uh, like most people will. We will, but we will not bring that to the radio because we want to entertain as many people. We, we will we let can. the state of Florida do that. 
<laughs> with that so florida but with every the podcast day. you may hear us free things up a little bit more than what you hear on the radio probably him more than me uh, hell I, and this is because was, i can't do it okay and here's the thing when we first cut the podcast the other day uh i challenged you to say one bad word yeah one bad word i just I to say hell i can't do hell, it hell is borderline you can say actually say that on the radio singers say it in their songs say it I'm not Just say it. No, no. Be my monkey. I don't want to. <laughs> Be my dancing monkey. I am it. not that person. Come on. No. We'll leave please, the, please. I will leave the cursing to the experts over on ESPN Radio. How about that? All right, folks. The way this is going to work is every Friday we're going to put together a podcast. It's called Mud Flat and Palmer. We're forced to do a podcast. We're going to post it, and every Friday will be a new uh, episode of the podcast. Uh, and we don't even know what we're going to talk about. We have zero. There's nobody's told us what to do. And it's really just what strikes us is like stuff we want to talk about. Yeah. So it could be anything. You want a topic talked about here on the podcast? Let us know. Absolutely. Here's a, a, several ways you can get a hold of us through Facebook. As you know, we both have pages. We have a Mudflat and Palmer page. You can also email us at mudflapandpalmer at gmail.com. You can email us there. We'll respond to you there. And if, yeah, if you want us to talk about certain things, We'll be happy. One thing I do not want to talk about, high price of gas. I am so over I'm it. not talking about that. Everybody posts. I, I put something up on I re- Facebook. I saw that. About if I would get drunk in like two seconds if if I took a drink every time somebody posted a picture of a, a the price of gas. Yeah. And it's true. I'm just going to tell you now, not going to talk about anything political on, on this one. I'm not going to. I know you want to. Because he's dying, dying to do that. Not really. I, I think as it pertains to other stuff we talk about, if it, if, if there's an angle. If it fits, yes. Yes. But I'm not going to go out of my way and go, ooh, do you see what you know President Bright- Biden did today or blah, blah, blah. I'm just not, I'm not going On to do that. On today's Sunday morning roundtable, we discuss politics <laughs> and the gross domestic product. Yeah, no, we're that, not doing that. That's not what we're about. That's for the station down the hall. They're the boring ones. We try not to be. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so anyway, thanks again for listening. Uh, please uh, spread the word that we're available here 24-7 and, of course, available on the radio 6 to 10 a.m. Monday through Friday. Also, don't forget... On the weekends, we do the Mudflat and Palmer Top 20 Country Countdown. Starting, uh, It airs at 8 a.m. on Saturday, goes for two hours, airs again, encore presentation, 7 p.m. Sunday night. So until the next podcast. Next week, y'all. And until, you know. Or whenever you're listening to this. Yeah, whatever morning you happen to turn on the radio, we'll see you. Bye. And that's a wrap. Thanks for checking out the Mudflap and Palmer. We're forced to do a podcast podcast. A new episode goes live every Friday. So check back then. If you need more of the guys, you can hear Mudflap and Palmer in the PD on 99.3 The Cat weekday mornings from 6 to 10 a.m. and around the world via the Cat Country app. Have a great week.